Oh, and welcome to episode five. And we are doing the usual routine, getting in the car and making use of this dead time that I would normally be sat in my car to record the podcast. Oh, and you know what? I've gone and forgot my work pass. Oh, my word. Right, I'm going to have to go back. Here I am, reversing up my street. Because I forgot my pass. Damn. Right. Let's try this again, shall we? Right. Dip clunk. Buckle up. Right, okay. So as I was saying, I am making use of the dead time that I was driving my vehicle to my day job to record the podcast. And we are now up to episode five. And... Yeah, I think... I think I'm starting to get into the habit of doing the recording, so that's good. But I also need to start thinking a little bit more production value in the episodes. Start pre-planning. That sort of stuff. So, what's been happening? Well, I've had a week off from my day job because, you know, they say that a change is as good as a rest. Well, they were lying. Oh, what an absolute week. So, the Rugby World Cup has come to an end. And, spoiler alert, the South African rugby team beat England in the final. My pre-tournament prediction of a Wales-England final it kind of did, kind of didn't come true. Um, unfortunately, we weren't in the final of the competition, but our final match of the competition was wales England, uh, sorry, Wales, New, Ze- New Zealand. Um, so the prediction was true that the last game that they would play would be uh, against each other. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be the final. 
lot to be said about the medals. Um, so the teams are awarded medals. The there's a gold, silver, and bronze place. Unfortunately, Wales lost against New Zealand. Pretty bummed out about that, but I mean that is the that is the journey of a Wales rugby fan. We're either well, it's all or nothing, essentially. To cut a long story short, but um, New Zealand wore their bronze medal uh, with pride and vast majority of rugby nations consider the New Zealand All Blacks to be the best team in the world. If At the end of the day, the team you want to beat is the All Blacks. Um, England, however, uh, they got silver. They, uh, they weren't as gracious from what I'm seeing and hearing, there was a number of players who chose not to wear their medals. Um, which is a bit sad, really, because they did really well in the competition. And, um, yeah. Would have, been, would have been nice for them to have accepted that graciously. But wasn't to be. Uh, Lewis Hamilton sealed a f- uh, six... Cons- uh, not six consecutive, but a six world championship in the F1. So that was a good weekend for him. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of like the, the the weekend and the last week in terms of leisure activities. But in terms of work, oh my god, I've been absolutely busting my back to to get Mini IQ's bedroom complete. We've now got him moved in. We have the wallpaper, carpet, paint done, his bed assembled. The unfortunate thing, he's got the store loft bed from IKEA. Um, our ceilings are nine feet tall, so it uh, makes sense to, at his age, to have a loft bed and make use of the space underneath the bed as either usable desk space so he can do schoolwork uh, or he's got some, you know, a space to actually play his Xbox and do all that sort of stuff. Um, now, when he got up the ladder, the ladder couldn't go to the one side because of the, the uh, combi boiler, hot water and heating boiler is in his room. Um, the, uh, that will encroach on the boiler and the cupboard that's going to be placed over that. Um, so it had to go the other side of the bed, but unfortunately as he got up the pendant light rose, he would hit his head on that. So we picked up a number of flush LED lights, which I cut into the ceiling and they look pretty smart and they're really bright. The throw on them is really good. I think they're only about 30 watts, might be slightly less, maybe 25 watts in terms of power consumption, but the light from an incandescent light bulb, if you compare the two, they don't, it's not even the same. I think it's something along the lines between a 60 and 100 watt light bulb um, in an incandescent format. So I guess we need to start switching over to lumens really, because uh, that's a consistent light measurement as opposed to the wattage that the bulb consumes. 
Um, so that's done. Still a bit of touch touch up of paint needs doing. And I've, it, there's a small snagging list. Uh, James, my eldest, seeing this flush light, he wanted one, so uh, I had to fit one, get one and fit one in his room. He's also got a 500 by 500 LED, 500 by 500 millimeter LED panel um, he wanted mounted on his wall so that he gets good key light um, and gives him some light underneath his bed because he also has a Stora bed from Ikea. So that was done. Uh, I designed and 3D printed some cable clips just so that I could route the cables underneath his bed nice and neat um, or underneath his desk sorry uh, nice and neat to a light switch um, and it's a two uh, two switch light switch because he wants a second set of LED light strip lights that he's going to operate off this switch and the, the switch is mounted to the underside of his desk which is pretty cool um, and that uh, that looks really really neat uh, because of the 3D printed clips. I'm probably going to release those on Thingiverse. Um, so I think it's uh, they're designed to carry an 8mm cable. Um, and it works really, really well. Really, really well. Uh, so in amongst all of that, from a, from a crafting point of view, because we're heading towards Christmas, I decided that I was going to do some product design. Um, I designed some ceiling, some ceiling, some window decorations for Christmas. Um, there's some stencils that you would use some spray snow to create a snow scene. Um, they are made out of EVA foam and they're really, really cool. Um, put them up on Facebook Marketplace. I've sold a set, so that's good. Hopefully I can sell a few more. Um, Got to start to look to monetize um, by, you know, bringing some products to market that people want. The other products I've made, I did uh, 11 Christmas themed cookie cutters which I have designed and printed a few out and looking at the price I mean these these are being printed in PETG filament my printer seems to want to print at 30 millimeters per second uh, to get a decent quality which is a bit of a shame because uh, the printer is capable of far more and that means that we're looking around 30 minutes to an hour depending on the complexity of the design for uh, each print so with that being said that, that would probably put them around about the five pound mark just over per item and looking looking at listings on ebay and other places these things go for anywhere between five and ten pound but there's like four or five cutters 
So what they're charging for a group of cutters, I'm looking to charge for one, and I don't think that's gonna make it particularly viable. So I'm gonna keep the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually print out all the cookie cutters out and I'm gonna use them for myself. Um, so that was, that, was, that was an experimentation, which I don't think necessarily paid off. Bit of a learning there. Gonna have to start thinking about, rather than going headlong into like designing 11 items, perhaps I should sit back and just think, right, okay, how much is this going to cost? We shall see, we shall see. Um, I did also uh, design a number of wooden laser cut baubles. Now that's, that's a lot more uh, cost effective and there's a better profit margin in those sorts of items. So I've got three different designs that I'm looking to uh, sell. And these are customizable baubles, which you could put a name on. I might add a few more designs to that range. Not sure yet, um, but we'll see. So this one is, this is a plain laser cut um, bauble, but I'm also looking at doing one which has um, glitter on them, which is a bit more labor intensive. So I'm thinking about uh, charging a little bit more for those. So what else did I do? Sorry, apologies for the pausing because I'm just concentrating on the traffic ahead. So I'm thinking now about working on a commission tonight. Uh, my brother in Canada seen those baubles and he's asked for a commission to be done. So I might work on stream tonight with those. I might not, not 100%. I've got a private commission I need to get into, which I'll probably start working on tomorrow. Um, things have been pretty hectic up until this point. So yeah, I'll get into that tomorrow and that one's gonna be quite interesting. I can't go into the details. I've not signed an NDA or anything like that, but the person who's commissioned me to do the work has asked me to not release specifics around what what it is we're doing so i can skirt around it a little bit um to tell you what i'm doing in what space i'm working in and yeah so essentially i'm doing some concept designs for an item which would be used in the food industry the design has some technical aspects to it, specific tolerances, specific sizes. And this will go towards a final, final concept, which essentially is going to be mass produced. That is the, that is the idea. 
we need to get the prototype to a point where we're ready to ship it to a manufacturer and say, here you go, can you make, I don't know, 30,000 of these and how much? So I've got a bit of research to do. I'm gonna be looking at UK-based injection molding uh, companies to see what is out there. Possibly look to do some sort of tendering process. And once, once, we've, uh, once we've done that bit, we can potentially look at getting this thing out to market. That's, that's gonna be pretty cool. Never, never done anything like this before. I've studied uh, manufacturing when I was in college. So I do understand the requirements. Um, but actually understanding, it's kind of like, um, kind of like learning about engines. You understand how the internal combustion engine works, but until you get your hands in the oil and you know, some, some hands on wrenches, you, it's all theory. So, so yes, should be should be very very interesting to get this uh, this prototype complete. The deadline on this, I should, I need to get this done by the end of this month, and this month is November. We are now at the beginning of November. So yeah, the end of November, I need to have this complete and shipped off for testing. All right, more traffic ahead that I gotta focus on. So yeah, there's a lot to be done this month. Cheap Deck V2 needs to be worked on. I need to start looking at setting up some prototype. I need I need to get a, a prototyping space so I can hook up the circuitry. Um, do all the uh, connections into the ESP32, get it communicating with my broadcasting software and get that tested out, just, just in a prototype format before actually doing the circuit designs and etching things. So for those who are not unaware of what I'm doing, there's a product, so I broadcast uh, every Monday and Wednesday on a streaming platform called Twitch and that's twitch.tv and I go under the handle of the IQ workshop. The topics of my streams essentially is 3D printing, laser cutting, crafting, making, that sort of stuff. The Device I'm talking about, the device I'm talking about is um, a replica, if you like, if you want to call it that. There's a device called a Stream Deck. Um, and the Stream Deck essentially is a, how can I put it? It's a button box. I think it has anywhere between nine and 12 buttons um, that you can customize, put a little icon, on them is a little LCD panel that sits behind the buttons. So you can actually put a little picture on each button and you can uh, combine that button with an action. 
So when you press the button, something happens. So that could be that you, uh, your, street, your broadcasting software starts broadcasting. It could be that the, you change from one scene in your broadcasting software to another. It could be a specific action like sending a tweet out to say that you're live. Something like that. So I've built my own version of this. Very, very sort of rudimentary. I could have achieved it in a much simpler way by getting some sort of number pad, a USB number pad. Instead, I chose to use an Arduino Pro Micro and uh, create a button matrix create a virtual sort of um not a virtual but create a keyboard effectively with predefined button presses so that it does a series of combination button presses which you can't recreate with the keyboard which is really cool because it means you can't accidentally switch scenes while you're typing away <clears throat> and that uses function keys f13 to f24 and a combination of other keys like control and letters so control s f24 for example starts broadcasting um, now i don't have an f24 key on my keyboard so i can't accidentally press that button combination while i'm typing on my regular keyboard and it's really useful there's a series of neopixels uh, which are programmable lights which um, you can set the color and you can run them in a ribbon and tell certain ones down that ribbon to turn on and to turn on a certain brightness and to turn on a certain color. So that's really, really useful. Um, so why did I go down that route? I, did, I went that route so I would learn programming. So I programmed an Arduino Pro, uh, Pro Micro, one to become a keyboard. I did a hardware configuration of a series of buttons. I learned how to program with the NeoPixels. Um, and I also designed an enclosure which incorporated um, the LEDs, the buttons, and the, the circuitry. So there was a, so, so while I could have done it a, a less complicated way, by doing it this way, I've learned some skills. I've taught myself how to do these things which okay it's not the prettiest of, of devices on the planet but it's functional it's done its job now for nearly a year and it as I say it, 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 it's an educational aid so I think I paid in components around about between seven and ten pounds UK which when you consider the experience that I gained from it, all right, there was a bit of frustration and, you know, there was successes, there was failures, but that's part of the learning process. The, the, how much would I have paid to go to a class to learn how to do this programming? And then you've learned parrot fashion so that you can only program in the way that they've taught you. I always, as frustrating as it, as it is, self-teaching things like programming is really useful because you gain 
if you can sustain the frustration of failure, you actually learn more. You can pick up bad habits, so you do need to find a source of information to set you up so you can get good habits from the outset. Um, But in terms of the wealth of information that you can learn, I believe, personally, I believe self-teaching is is better. It's slower, but you learn more. Because when you learn parrot fashion, you learn to program A to B to C to D. Right, cool, wonderful. But when you're in the real world, you get A to A.1 to A.2 to A.3 to B to B.1 to B.2. You, don't, you, you go off piste because the real world isn't confined to a sterile little process that goes A to Z. Now, when you learn of that sterile process, A to Z, then when you get thrown a curveball like A.2, then you're not quite sure what to do. And I'm very, in my experience, more often than not, there isn't anybody around you that can answer the question that you're asking. So you're stuck. And where you stuck, you're back to self-teaching again. So... That's not to say that education doesn't... doesn't have its place. Because, I mean... It's the context that you're going into that, in my, in my view. If you're going into that to set that basic framework to get you going, then so be it. But do I have to pay, you know, I don't know, a couple of hundred pounds to join a programming course that I would have completed my project in, like, part one to, two, one to three... And then I'm done. Move on. Next. And that's one of the things that I'm, I'm battling with at the moment is progress. Or at least the feeling of progress. I have many projects which are incomplete. And I need to shift my ass and get them done. Because it's just like not on. I just got to get it. Got to get it complete. So, I got to, I'm not, I, th- I think I'm not going to take on any more projects unless they're going to improve my productivity in the long run. And complete the stack of projects that we've, um, that I've got going at present. And now we're hitting some real traffic, which I've got to concentrate on so I don't crash my car. And I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to take the back roads. I'm going to take the back roads. I've got a beast. See? Exactly this. A point two. So, um, I will be streaming later on tonight. And I'm just contemplating what I'm going to be broadcasting. I haven't really... 
don't really pre-plan my streams, and I should. So I've got my brother's commission that I can stream, I believe. I'll just send him a message and make sure he's cool with me streaming that. Uh, if where are you going, Mr. Blue Lights? You coming this way? No, you're not. Uh, so yeah, I got my brother's commission that I can potentially stream. I'll message him later to find out if he's cool with that. It's all dependent on how much of a surprise these uh, these items actually are. And if they are a surprise, then I'm gonna have to figure out how to um, gonna have to figure out how I can stream it maybe I don't stream it don't know so there's that what else have I got I could do um, the shop needs a serious tidy up because of mini IQs gear is all is still up in in the attic workshop uh, I could do some more product design that would be cool. We could do some product design and get that listed on Facebook Marketplace and possibly eBay. Um, get a new product launch done. That would be really awesome. It's all right, I'm going quiet because I'm going through, driving through a reasonably residential area at the moment where there's a school with very young kids that could run out in front of my car at any moment. So I'm just taking my time and being alert. We're almost, we're, we're a few minutes away from the office now. So, let me think, what are we going to stream tonight? I think we might do a bit of work on, on what, on what. Could do some more product designs. We'll do a bit of product design. I think we'll have to give it more thought. I might start thinking about doing some work on. I've got I've got Frank to rebuild, which Frank is my 3D printer, my first scratch build 3D printer. Um, again, for those of you who have not listened to the podcast or don't follow me on social media, um, I got into 3D printing by building my own 3D printer from scratch, uh, and I did that because 
I could not afford a turnkey product like an LD Maker or a kit for that matter, like the Prusa i3. Uh, those were way beyond my budget. So I was actually able to um, put myself, put, put a 3D printer together um, and self-taught, ding, 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 self-taught myself uh, 3D printing and uh yeah it's uh i never need to to go to tech support very often if ever um because i built the, i built a printer from scratch and i know how they work um, i know how to program firmwares so yeah it's because it's very useful because now i'm working with my cr10 i'm not scared of it um in the sense that I flashed its firmware, um, and that might sound to some very trivial, but this is CR10 V1, which has no bootloader. So you had to burn the bootloader, effectively uh, taking all the software off the printer so it's, it, it can't be used as a 3D printer and then put the, uh, the new firmware on. So yeah, that was, that was a bit of a challenge. That was a little bit scary at points because there's opportunities for you to brick it. Um, so yeah, it was good. So um, I've got some I've got some ideas about a budget 3D printer build, which I'm hoping I can replicate over and over again. That will allow me to. make a print farm uh, at the moment i've only got the one printer and i would like to have many uh how many i would like to have a minimum of five printers i think um two can be used for my kids three for myself um, but the prototype i'm gonna be you know sort of building building out myself but yeah, I'm going to build a print farm. And the reason I want a print farm is that I can do parallel printing, meaning that if I've got something I'm trying to make, I can print these things um, I can print these things on multiple printers, so one part per printer. So if it's an hour. To, pin, to print each part, and there's three parts, that's three hours worth of printing. And if you've got one printer, that's three hours in real time. But if you've got a print farm, you can print all three parts at the same time. And then that means you're only consuming one hour of real time to get three parts. So that's the, that's the logic behind that, uh, that configuration, so. So yeah, if I can if I can do a low low cost printer, then that's going to be really interesting. I'm, I'm gonna I've got I've got um, some hardened steel linear rails, uh, eight millimeter linear rails, which I'm going to use. But I might use round rod. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to figure out whether or not we're going to use that. It might wear down. 
it'll all depend upon the cost of the supplies and how long they're going to take to arrive. Right, I think I'm going to call the podcast here. I'm a few moments away from getting to my uh, place of work. I've just got a few bits and pieces to navigate here. But that's another one in the can, episode five. So I'm plan the plans of the podcast is that I'm going to get to episode ten just to make sure I'm in the habit of doing these recordings. And then I'm going to look to put a bit more production value into them. I'm doing this quick and dirty for now just to see whether or not this is something I enjoy doing and whether or not I can sustain it. I don't know whether it's going to be like a daily thing. I don't know. I don't know right now. I think if I'm going to put production value into it, it's not going to be a daily thing. It's probably going to be multiple times per week, but not necessarily daily. Not until I get the, the, the sort of pattern down. And then we're just going to create content, create content, create content. So if there's something that you want me to talk about, if there's anything that you th- you'd like to uh, suggest as a topic point for the podcast, by all means, reach out to me. Um, and I will certainly give some consideration to any suggestions that, uh, that are made. Um, you can reach me at uh, IQS Workshop on Instagram, uh, Inquisitors Work on Twitch. No, not on Twitch, on Twitter. And I'm IQ Workshop on Twitch. So until next time, have fun, be safe, and I will speak to you in the next episode.